0: Welcome to the Design for a Living podcast with Chelsea Coriel. On this week's episode, I'm going to be interviewing interior designer, Karen Breslow. Welcome, Karen, to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> I always rope these people in. Fun to be here. <laughs> so Karen's been a designer at my store for over a year and a half now, yep. right? It's been Holy fun. Moly. It has. It's flown by.
1: It's been a learning experience. Good.
0: That's good. <laughs> yeah. You know, I love that. I love to teach. Oh yeah. And so she has a really interesting background. And again, I, I always do. try to, uh, I try to because this podcast is for people who are starting out in design and might not know which direction they want to go or what kind of design business they want to have or what that looks like, or what does that mean? Mm -hmm. So I try to have people that have a a varied past in interior design because maybe it it will, you know, spark um, Mm -hmm. someone to take a different path. Right. And you definitely had a different experience level. Oh yeah. I've had a wide
1: variety, (laughs) wide variety of just, you know, and everyone it's all about what decisions you make and what choices you make down your path. Yeah, I mean, I. I so uh, where'd you start? I well, I started at Arizona State and knew that I wanted to be in the design school, so I I started with that. But you know, back in the '80s, ASU was also um, number one party school. So oh, yes, it was. You know, I'm going to design <laughs> school, but I'm also doing a lot of that. And uh-huh. I'm and I came to my parents after my sophomore year, and I said, you know what, I. I think that I don't take this seriously enough at this school and I think I need to just go to a design school. So my parents said, okay, let's go look at um, the uh, design college in LA. Uh-huh. I can't remember the name of it now it fit but them was- I don't remember, but it was a great school. It was you know it was well known and so I walk, I do a tour of that school and I'm going into the classrooms and I'm seeing what they're doing. and I'm thinking, they are working their tails uh-huh. off at this school. A lot different than my experience in a four-year school. And I said, Mom and Dad, you know, if you don't mind, I think I better just stay where I'm at. <laughs> and so so my parents were like, oh, that's great, Karen. We wanted you to uh-huh. go to a four-year but then it, it it was a great experience because it moved to the architecture college. And so I did get a little bit of drafting. But my favorite part of all of it was art history,
0: yeah.
1: architecture. And so I've done so much traveling. And that, that was joy for me was just to, you know, all of the things I learned in those classes and then to sit in galleries around Italy and yes. Paris and, you know, look at the architecture, all the architecture I had learned about and... I just felt like this, you know, I, that came to life for me, so that's kind of where I would say I've gotten so many ideas about design is from traveling. Yeah. Um and I and I feel like Europeans to me are a little bit freer in how they decorate.
0: Yes. There's, do you notice that? Yeah, absolutely. Art art is so interwoven into their life. Yes, I mean that was one of the things that struck me the first time I went to Paris. You're walking down the street, and there's so much beauty, mm-hmm. so much the carvings, the Every architecture. Inch. I know, and they take it for granted. Mm-hmm. They do. They, they just walk past. them like, look at this gorgeous fountain. It's not even on some map anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, they've probably forgotten what it, why it was, con- you know, constructed in the first place. Right, but it, it's it's. Yeah, it's all inspiring So mm-hmm. it's funny. There's a new uh, new Netflix show called Lupin, I think it's called. Hmm. I mean, yeah. I've never um, heard of it. You need to watch it because oh. he's a famous art thief. And so the first episode is set in the Louvre. Oh. And I spent the whole show... To, oh my God, honey, look at that. Look at that. Look at... Oh, look, there's the...
1: <laughs> oh, that's cool. Okay, I'll check it, it out. It feels like
0: you're there again. Yeah. It, and all those emotions came back and seeing all of the art and the beauty again, the Louvre itself Mm. is, uh, it's a masterpiece, right? And, um, you know, let alone the art that's in it, the, the building itself is the part that I love.
1: Oh, it's yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. So I'm excited. Oh, I know. So that, that's where I would say I got a lot of inspiration was just traveling. I I lived in Saudi Arabia and, and traveled a lot while I was there, but just being and a lot of my friends were, from all over the world. So just seeing what, how they did their places, it, it yeah. was really inspiring. Um, and then I moved back here and you know, the joke was that everybody's house was decorated with pottery barn. <laughs> and, and that's how, kind of how it used to be. And yeah. I, I, that's what I love about being here is that we work with such a variety of, of styles and, and, you know, pieces we can choose from to create something that is a little bit more eclectic for sure, Yeah, I would say, which is
0: fun. Well, it's freedom, right? It's design freedom. You're not stuck with just beige.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) So what was your first design related job out of school? Out
1: of school, first of all, I didn't go directly into it, but I would say a huge part of interior design, as you know, is customer service bottom line. Yes. So I had amazing customer service training from being at a big department store, which is where I went. And, and that was like my foundation from, you know, from then on, was how do I deal with people and customers. And I think innately, I've always been someone who has no problem, you know, talking to strangers and connecting with people. Uh-huh. And that probably is just for me moving around a lot and traveling. But in, and that's just, you absolutely, you know, need to have that desire, I think, to be comfortable around people and, And get to know them and, you know, be able to ask questions. And so, I mean, I think that's been huge for me. But my first design, uh, I worked for the design center in Laguna Niguel. And so I was mainly doing sales, but, you know, you're doing it. I was doing a lot of custom furniture. And actually, that just kept leading me to working with companies where we were doing custom furniture built in L.A., and, and so I would s- design the
0: furniture. Yes. It wasn't like our custom furniture where you someone's designed the piece and you just pick a fabric.
1: Exactly. We were yeah. actually drawing up the, the pieces. And so the girl I ended up working for, she got everything made in LA, but she was drawing them and taking them to these guys and and having them built. So when I went to Saudi Arabia, I learned about the industrial part of the city where there were upholsterers, woodworkers, ironworkers, and all that. And I had a girlfriend who made some iron candelabras, and she said, Oh, yeah, you got to go down here and you can get anything made. And I thought, Wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm going to start doing this. And so that's what I did. I went, I was the only woman in a five mile radius, no joke, wow. wearing an abaya and going to where these men did not speak really any English at all. And I learned enough Arabic to speak numbers, so I could talk prices and sizing, <laughs> <laughs> prices and sizing. Smarts. That's all, and you know, a greeting and a goodbye and, and a thank you. That was it. So uh, I started designing furniture there, and I would put it all in my own house, and then I'd have uh, people just come over to my place and and buy it out of my place. So that's how I started, and then people learned about what I was doing. And the prices were so inexpensive. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so people were ordering housefuls of furniture from me and shipping it to their houses in England, France and all that because they just couldn't beat the price. Yeah. So that was a fun, fun um, endeavor.
0: Do you still have some of that furniture at your house?
1: I got rid of it, but I'll tell you, I traveled, it came over to the U.S. with me. Uh It traveled to about three or four different homes, and then finally I just kept downsizing (laughs) and getting rid of things, but somebody's got it.
0: I want to see pictures someday, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then I moved back to the States and and found a guy to start building for me, so I was doing it there, and I was loading up my little U-Haul trailer, (laughs) and I was driving up, I was living in Wyoming at the time, and I was driving up to uh bozeman montana and jackson hole wyoming and i was selling it to like high-end furniture stores there but i was doing very rustic kind of you know it's suitable for that part of the country sure and uh it was so fun i just would call up these stores and tell them i was coming with my my (laughs) u-haul and they'd come out and buy it so that's about all i
0: did there well that's why i knew that you would be perfect to work here to work with me because I'm that way too. It's, it's, you figure it out, mm-hmm. right? You have a problem, you have a need for a client. Let's figure it out. I keep, I keep telling the designers here, you know, use with what we have, the vendors we have try to stay focused on that because I don't want them to get distracted. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if there's something specific, just tell me, right. you know, maybe we find someone to build it. Maybe I help you find mm-hmm. another vendor that we need to open with maybe
1: you know, yeah. something.
0: But it is, it's a part customer service, right? Because you want to make it your clients is. happy. Yeah. But then we also need to feed that creative side in us where we have it in our mind and we, we want to see it in real life. Yeah. We want to see it in 3D because we know it's the perfect piece when, when design is like art, right? To us, we see yeah. the art first.
1: Well, and I would, you know, about seeing it, I would say that is probably one of the challenges in, in selling things to people yes. that that can't see it. You know, and and you've got this. We've got this amazing showroom, and we're able to see show quality, and we're able to show some samples. But but you get a lot of people saying, well, but I can't see it, and yeah. so that's where you've got to get a little um, creative in just how you um, build trust with them, and and they have to put their faith in us to. You know, hey, we know what the quality is. We're yep. selling that quality, and and Chelsea, you know, you're you're only um, you're vetting these vendors we carry. So yeah, you know, but there is there is a lot of trust there when you're working yes. with someone.
0: Yes, and, well, and we take it seriously too. There are a lot of furniture stores that don't. They don't mm-hmm. sell. We care if they're selling crap, right? You know, if it looks pretty on the outside, and the customer's happy at the moment when they're giving you their money, then they're fine. But I I worry I I build such relationships and I know you do too yeah with your clients these people become friends they do you know them for years and years and years so you better sell them quality furniture oh yeah absolutely <laughs> you know, working with a client yesterday doing her patio but this is the third essential time that she's hired me as a designer mm-hmm. and which is great because you know that means that the furniture she bought from me seven years ago she still loves right
1: yep. Absolutely. And, and I think, like you said, the relationship part of it is probably the number one thing. It obviously is, is getting them what they love and, and creating a great design. But, you know, word of mouth is, is what you have to have right so yes. if you've if you've developed a relationship with someone even if you know i had a sleepless night over the wrong choice <laughs> on one light they they're they it's not about that for them yeah you know exactly. and so if i'm getting referrals it makes me feel so good because i know that okay these guys trusted me, this family trusted me, it all worked
0: out, you know. Absolutely. And yeah,
1: that's the biggest how,
0: thing. Tell me again, how did the Ben, so, so Karen just finished a big project mm-hmm. with a client. Um, it was huge. It took you months. Yeah. But they were pretty decisive. They knew what they wanted. They definitely wanted a sort of a nautical look. They had, know what I do they had a color palette. Well, I would
1: say that to be honest, I sold them on that. And yeah. and, and I do get some people that just have no idea sure. what they sure. want. And to be honest with them, I had looked at their home and saw three big sailboats hanging above their bed. Oh. And I went I came back to the store. I'm like, what is my theme gonna be for this house? And I gotcha. really, I, I decided it was those pictures that really inspired me to go in that direction. Yeah. And they were just absolutely open to every suggestion because, you know, yeah. So they were, they were, uh, I would say, an easier um, couple to work with than, than others, you know, yeah. but, but uh, either way, go ahead. I well, no, no, absolutely.
0: Um, but, but it was so successful mm. that now you've got what, two more referrals from them and yes. they're going to be huge projects.
1: Right. Right. So yeah, yeah. And, and it's a, I, I think to those neighborhoods where people know each other, Yes, <laughs> this is a neighborhood where they're all out walking and they end up in conversations with, with each other on their walks and that's how it yep. happened.
0: <laughs> that's
1: exactly. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Some of my best, like living in Florida, I mm. had, you sort of get on a run of, of friends that was the one where I tell the story of the I was at one person's house and I got a knock on the door and it was another one of the friends saying I know you're working with her right now but I saw your car and I just <laughs> wanted to remind you that I want I'm on your list right like I get to work with you next but it's because yeah they all knew each other they were mm-hmm. all friends mm-hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't so much as a, a one up in each other it was just the trust
1: right it really is especially
0: that. women we 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 respect our friends' opinions, mm-hmm. and if they've had a good experience, whether it's you know a hairdresser or a clothing boutique or something, you know that's who we go with because okay, well if they like them, then I'm gonna like them, and oh, that's yeah. a big part of it. So building that relationship, and it I love is. that you said customer service is first mm-hmm. because the, I I agree. I mean, my first official job was um, at jewelry store and then J C Penney's, mm-hmm. and I learned so much about sales and customer service. And pleasing people at yeah. JCPenney's.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And it stuck
0: with me all these years. I mean, at the end of the day, we are still a service industry. Yep. Designers, sure. we still are working for a customer. You know, we can't be a prima donna and, mm-hmm. you know, insist that they do purple if they hate purple.
1: Right, to, right. Yeah, you know, that's... and you
0: tapped into not only did they have the sailboats, but you also, I'm sure, noticed they had those, they had salmon, these. The sculpture, and so clearly they liked, Mm -hmm. you know, the sea, and we live in Seattle, so um, that was great.
1: Yeah, I think you do have to once you learn the pieces that they are holding on to. Yeah, that are important to them. I mean, I was just in at another house call where, you know, there are two chairs that are heirlooms. And she says, I absolutely have to keep these chairs. And you know, you you realize, okay, they're antiques, she's got some other antiques around. And so you really start to understand, you know, what their likes are and what their interests are and and play off of that.
0: Yep, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's why Karen is successful. <laughs> Thank you. Lessons from Karen. Um, so what has been your favorite part? What's the favorite thing you've done of all the years you've worked in design or with furniture? What's your favorite thing you've mm. done?
1: Boy, that's a challenging one. Favorite <laughs> thing I've done. I've had so many different She has to stay here since she works for me here. <laughs> well, what I've loved, I, I have to admit, this is, this is something that... Uh, where I'm learning, um, more of the technology side of things because I never had that. Uh So learning how to put put together a PowerPoint and, you know, I mean, think about just how different it is now than it was before. Oh, yeah. We never had any of this. And, And basically you were only selling what was in front of you. Yes. There was no other option, really. Yeah, we didn't have the internet. <laughs>
0: right. It was a catalog or nothing. And Ilya and I have been, Ilya, my producer here, uh, we've been talking about because he works in the, the tech industry and virtual reality and how we are so close to, I mean, honestly, in the next two years, we'll have VR headsets we give to our clients and oh, they'll absolutely. walk through our designs. Definitely, which is exciting. That
1: is that's that could probably be here now, but we'll we'll get it there. It is,
0: yeah. But can we have to have Ilya teach us first. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, but that is the wave of the but future. These are things we have to adopt. I I would say that I'm I'm i dragging my feet a little I bit know. on that.
0: <laughs> as long as we have someone that can teach us,
1: we're right. fast learners. Yeah,
0: we just need someone that'll teach us. You
1: are Miss Techie. Oh, there.
0: please, yeah. No, it's it's it is it's fun working here as a team. Because that is one thing too. When you're working as an independent designer and you're on your own, it's yeah. nice to be able to bounce ideas off of each other. It's nice to, you know, collaborate with things, you know, on, on projects with people. I agree. Um, I agree. Because it, it is. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Here, these people trust you and count on you, and mm-hmm. you've gotten noticed. But, but what if, what if you've gotten on a tangent, or what if, you know? So we all mm-hmm. kind of work together. You'll say, like, what do you think right. of this? What, you know. Yeah.
1: So I would say for, um, uh, there isn't any one experience for me, but I'll say that when I lived in a small town in Wyoming, Buffalo, Wyoming, 4,000 people, um, you know, after learning what they were like, these are people that, that quite a bit of people have money there, but you would never know it. Uh And what I realized quickly was that they're, they're not one to, uh, go out and buy new things, typically, uh-huh. they'll hold on to things. So I start. I decided that I was going to do a design service where I strictly worked with what they had. And I was going to go in there and help them rearrange and hang pictures, maybe help them, you know, clear out a few things that weren't totally needed, Sure, but only worked with what they had. And And so that's what I would say about interior design, wherever you live, you know, wherever you are, you can come up with a way of doing this where you're getting joy from it. You're helping them. Um, and, you know, but yet you can, you can come up with your own plan as to how it works with your community or you yeah. know, the people that you're around. So
0: yeah, that's I got a lot advice. of
1: satisfaction from doing that because they were so happy. They're like, Oh my God, I never would have thought of putting this room together like this. So yeah, that was fun for me.
0: Yeah. See, that's great advice because there are a lot of people that listen that you know, are are they're all over the, the mm. country, all over the world. I don't know. Are we international? People listen to the podcast around the world. <laughs> I guess so. Um, but that is that is something because every community is different. You know, and last week I talked about um, pricing, uh, but you have to know your area. You have to know what services are offered, how many designers are out there, what are they doing, what are they charging, and that's a great like you said mm-hmm. to to be aware of people and to step back and look at your community and say mm-hmm. these this community. Holds on to things. That's very observant. And look how you turned it into a profitable and successful business. See,
1: yes, you all just have sorts to have the, ways.
0: yeah. You just have to have that drive and love design, mm-hmm. love art, love creating, and making people happy. Yeah, that really. We is. both like making people happy. Yes, that smile sure. on their face. They walk in. They see it for the first time. Oh yeah. It's magic. It is. It is. That's the best part. I keep saying it's the best career in the world. <laughs> At least in my opinion. But thank you so much for being it. here. So this thank was you. Was. It was fun. fun. We'll have you on again. We'll keep keep okay. chatting about our love of art and uh, design. I love it. Thank you, everyone. Make sure you're leaving comments and liking uh, whatever you can find from us. <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. You know the drill. Um, but any question, send it to me. I'll answer on the next podcast. Thank you so much, everyone. Happy designing. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Design for a Living with Chelsea Coriel. Our episodes will be dropping on Sunday, so stay tuned. We are on Google Podcasts and Spotify, and soon you will find us on YouTube where we will upload podcast videos. So stay tuned for that and follow along. Thanks so much for being with us. Find us online at designforaliving.com. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and House at Design for a Living. If you'd like to submit a question or request a topic, email us at chelsea at com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A at com.